You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, Sid Talk. Welcome. Welcome to you. I see that your glasses are broken and you've got a safety pin inserted. That was actually some genius life hackery. Thank you. You did it, but I couldn't see to do it, so you did it for me. But yeah, I've... I'm not a fashion diva. You do break glasses. Um, quite often. Is this the before the after the show discussion? Yeah, we're both full of a cold this week. <laughs> yes. If last week you was full of a cold and I was getting it, yep. this week I've got it and you are getting rid of it. We're at the stage where I'm clearing my, <laughs> clearing my throat a lot and you are... Coughing a lot. Oh, I'm trying really hard to hold it in. Yeah, I'm suppressing at the moment. I have had what would be the equivalent of a shot of whiskey over three cups of tea. I dribble a little in, thinking that will help. I don't know if it will. It might make you forget might about it. Might improve my disposition, <laughs> but it hasn't so far. When people do say it's drink my- alcohol to get rid of a cold, I think it's just you get an, you get inebriated enough that the cold doesn't matter anymore and you go to sleep. Yeah. That's pretty much the remedy. Well, something to do with cutting your mucus, because right now we're at the thick mucus stage, if anyone else... This are, is are, very... Yeah, but you know what? Every human gets it, so it's not like a secret, it's not. Do you know how I know that I have an illness or something? Oh, um, I sleep like a... Like, I don't normally... I'm not a great sleeper, I wake up a lot. Yeah, I know. But when I'm ill, I can sleep 12 hours without a We've problem. We've been waking up on my days off, and they're like, what time is it? I don't know. Oh, it's one o'clock. Yeah, like, just sleep, like, for 12 hours, so... I guess your body needs it, and it goes to sleep. So, yeah, if you if we sound weird... That is why. That is why. And every once in a while, if I sound like that, that means that I'm trying really hard not to cough. I am... We're going to... Like, <laughs> this is a little look behind the curtain of, um... After the show. When, when you know, coughing's horrible. Nobody likes to listen to coughing. No. So what I will do during this podcast is if we're going to cough, we'll just stop talking and cough... And then I will go, carefully go through the podcast and click it, click out the coughs. And then you will never notice, hopefully, if I do it correctly. So, that should be for the after the show discussion. And it is Saturday, September the 19th. This is after the show number 394. And this week, what is the after the show, Sid? It's this. Coffin. What we're doing right now. A bit of coffin. There's a microphone here between us. We're talking toward each other, which the microphone then picks up the sound waves of our voices. We don't need the technical details. That then goes down the wire to your computer. It becomes some sort of digital file. You then upload it to a thing called the internet. I thought it was... other people listen to it. You just ruined it. I thought it was magic (laughs) that did this. Well, that doesn't sound like magic. I don't know what does. (laughs) It's a podcast where we talk about... Movies. Well, each week we watch a movie. Regimentedly. And then we talk about that movie. It's the latest DVD, Blu-ray, whatever. I mean, let's not hide what from what it is. We get a movie to watch that's the latest. It's not like we're digging in the archives like Quentin Tarantino would have us do and find a 1939 Bulgarian movie that's got, like, great overtones of deep, thoughtful, you know, socioeconomic whatever. Even though I do like those movies and I will watch them separate from this. Those are not the ones we talk about. <laughs> well, sometimes, well, not a Bulgarian no. <laughs> movie, but sometimes of art, you know, it's not all big No, bo- that's not true. It's always big blockbusters. Don't kid yourself. Now, early days, I would write reviews about it. This is not all always big blockbusters. We see, we see the, um, 
Inherent Vice recently? That was don't no, no big bubble. Yeah, but that is it's what's his face? He's a big Hollywood director. That's not a little indie movie. Next week we're watching Cop Car, which is a small independent movie. We watched Kamuku the I forget her name. Comico, the Fargo Treasure Hunter. Treasure Hunter. That's a small independent movie. You know, we do Yeah, watch, but it was we latest watch... release. I'm not I'm talking about right. movies that aren't We watch lots of different movies. Yeah, but we only watch what comes out new on Blu-ray. Correct. Don't pretend that we don't. I mean, we watch other things, but we only talk about them on here. Another raising of the curtain. <laughs> well, that's what this is. Is that enough of an explanation? And then later we talk about stuff. You you will go on and on about video game stuff, and then I'll tell you what we had are having for dinner. <coughs> I'll give you some amazing advice. Well, primarily we're talking about <laughs> movies. So, cutting to the chase, we're going to look at a movie this week, the Divergent series, Insurgent. And uh, it's a 2015 movie, released on Blu-ray on the 4th of October. No. <laughs> yes, actually. No, it's actually out now. That's That date is... I don't know what that date is. I think I was, <laughs> I think I was sick when I wrote that down. Uh, it's rated PG-13. It's from our friends at Lionsgate and Summit Pictures. And uh, Sid Talk, we did review Divergent. And now, Insurgent. So give us the synopsis. Divergent Insurgent. Um... It is a dystopian future where the powers that be have decided in order to keep the society or this one city that's walled in, like, afloat, they've decided to divide everybody. And when you're born, you are born with a certain type of personality. By the time you're 16, they test you and you will then go to your own, what's it called? Faction. Correct. And you are either, like, logical or caring or you're a dickhead or you're, like, a warrior. You know, there's, like, five different ones. And in this one, we find our divergent young lady who we now know as Divergent and her pack of sort of rebels. And there's more rebels. And we need to bring down the powers that be. That's really all. I mean, this is a stepping stone movie. They all are. But, um, that's it. It's time for a rebe- rebellion. It's the middle chapter of the... Um, <coughs> Not the middle chapter. No, they've split the last two into two movies, the same as they did with uh, The Hunger Games. So, these kind of movies have been on the rise recently. Dystopian future based on young adult novels. Um, and there are several... There's another one called The Maze Runner, which we haven't seen yet, which is another based on a novel with a future that is bleak. So they be- they're the thing at the moment. And uh, we actually enjoyed Divergent. I be- we did? Yeah, I remember us talking about it. You can go back and listen. I did. And we I enjoyed think it's funny. What were we watching where they constantly talked about each other as a we? Oh, on Big Brother UK. Yeah. They talked about each other as if they a have couple. one brain. <laughs> yeah. We only have one brain. We do brain. not have one brain. Between um, us. <laughs> yeah, between us we have one, yeah. <laughs> Half each. Um, so we enjoyed Divergent. I didn't read the book and neither did you. Um, I I hadn't actually heard of of this series, to be honest. There's another series of young adult dystopian novels that is coming into a movie called The Pretties Series. That's coming soon. So these are a thing, you know. I was thinking, are these, are these kind of movies, these trilogies and these, well, what do you call it? Quadrilogies? Are these the Star Wars of today? Are these like what the young people 
what inspires them and you know gets them into movies and is is it that kind of movie? Let's be honest, it's the same story. Yeah, really. As Star Wars. A huge empire trying to suppress everyone, control everyone, and puts laws over everyone that basically oppresses everyone except for the elite. And at some point, you're going to have a rebellion rise up to try to bring down the empire. So all these stories are the same story. So I can see how it would translate to each generation. Yeah. As there. But if there's so many of them, how does that... How do one stand out from another? <clears throat> I mean, I can honestly say, The Hunger Games, if I went out and asked a thousand people just randomly walking down the street, they're going to have heard of The Hunger Games more than Divergent. Yeah. Or the Divergent series. So, Katniss versus Beatrice is going to be the one that people lean more to, I think. I do, too. Just I'm... because of, like, not because of the nature of the quality of them, because they're the same quality to me, exactly the same Yeah, I think so. Story. They almost feel fact, like they're made by the same people. I think people. Divergent storytelling is better maybe not the storytelling but i mean the, in the 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 style of it is a little more slow and you get to know people just a little bit different i think anyway maybe the worlds i don't know i, I like both and they are made, both made by lionsgate you know it's just the they they taking these big franchise things and making them and they do i actually feel the same you yep the, you the, think the any time style, that Beatrice is going to come over, over a pile of rubble and there's going to be Katniss standing there. And they're Maybe that's the ultimate crossover, the there'll be a, there'll be a um, merging of them in some way. Um, there's no way, they're different worlds. But Insurg Insurgent, after really enjoying Divergent, which was basically the setup, you're showing you the worlds and how it all operates. Is Hunger Games on Earth, by the way? Or is it some other planet no, we've... Um, no, the, pl the Earth, the yeah, planet. Yeah. How do we know? I think it actually tells you in the novel, mm -hmm. even in the... Yeah, it is on Earth, yeah. It's Earth after Earth. But, um, <clears throat> you know, we've seen Divergent, and that's the setup. You know, it showed. It, I, I really enjoyed it, how it was kind of more playful than this one. It, you know, they were having fun, you know, when they did the training, and they were being picked. And this one delves, it gets more serious, I think. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot more serious, a lot more violent, a lot more... It's like the Hunger Games. The second Hunger Games is way more... Are we know. just going to compare them the whole time? But um, <laughs> I almost enjoyed this one more than the first one because I, th I feel like it was better made in a way. Like everything seemed a bit more... Like they had a better budget or special effects were a bit... But everything was a bit better. I remember the first one being a bit ropey in parts. Like In fact, a part that I really enjoyed in the first one that you didn't like that much was where they do that ride from one building to another on mm. on the and it yes it, it, it did look a bit ropey i just like the idea of it yeah. all but in this one i don't didn't feel like anything was yes there's a lot of cg in this movie because we're talking about dystopian cities and and also digital simulations simulations but it all felt way better made to me um kate winslet was pregnant in the first one and it, it was kind of like a bit funny because it was quite obvious they never filmed her below the waist and it was they clear did, like a face like she looked tablet in front of her yeah it a... was funny it, it was it was almost distracting every time she and like, what about this one let's talk about this one yeah i'm saying in this one she she you know they didn't have to do that so i felt she was more into it but what i really liked about this one i you know it's a bit goofy, 
Like, there's a lot of... You have to go, uh, uh, a lot. For example? This. You have to... Um, there's a train part at the beginning where it's just... Sometimes the the geography of it seems wrong. Like, the camera pans up and you're like, they're there, and they're shooting there, and now they're... You know, it, it, there's a lot of wonky goofiness I don't know what you it. mean. They're shooting, there's two trains, and they're shooting through the trains. Mm-hmm. And the bullets are going right through the trains and popping out the other side where they are. But then the camera pulls up and then you see they're there and the, the train's here and the train's moving. It didn't seem like you could fire from there and it actually go through two trains. And, you know, there's a lot, there's a weird, I don't know if it, because it's supposed to be realistic, right? It's well, there not, were lots of holes in the train, if you remember. Yeah, and there's a lot of people no, in the train. No, there's lots of holes, like the, the side. Yeah, but these solid. were coming through the metal. Like I know, that's what I'm saying, though. But there were lots of holes all the way through. So if you shot a bullet... It was just like, they were here, the train was here. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, it was very conceivable there, that you could shoot through it. It just... There, there seemed to be a lot of that, where it's, like, edited together funnily, or it just seems wrong. What else? I don't remember any others. Um, there was... The simulation-y bits were obviously super CG, because that's what mm-hmm. they are. So I gave them a pass. I mean, there was a part yeah. where there was like a uh, floating mm-hmm. room. That looked really good, though. Yeah. That um, actually looked really good. Yeah, it did. Because um, it's a digital simulation. It's a fantasy inside your mind. So it could be anything. And it looked good. Didn't look That one didn't look bad. There was the When the thing explodes and she's flying but, back. But what I liked about the story here, aside from the visuals, is it's not quite as hokey as The Hunger Games is in terms of the romance. Which in the Hunger Games, I always think the three, the triangle and the, it's all about, it's almost like that author who did the Hunger Games wanted like a really nice romance in the middle of this horribleness. But the romance is... Is it the same in the book? Yeah. Whereas in this one, the romance doesn't come first for me, like while I'm watching it. Yes, there's a bit of romance, but it's not super... No. No. You know, in The Matrix, the romance is like, it's there, but it's not the central focus of anything. Mm -mm. In fact, there's like one love scene in the whole of The Matrix trilogy. This also feels like... Well, you can consider the one where he pulls in and yanks out whatever's wrong with her part of the love scene. Yeah. (laughs) In a gory kind of a way. But in this one, it's not like every two minutes they're doughy-eyed looking at each other and kissing each other. It's not like that. You feel the relationship between them and they they would, you know, die Mm -hmm. for each other. But it's not super sappy, which I admire because it is a film made for teenagers, and it it must you be think easy. That? I don't think that. <clears throat> well, it's a young adult novel, so it's. I oh, know. Made... I don't think the movie's made for teenagers, though. I think it's made for everyone. Well, when she was writing it for the for teenagers, right, like, the books. Like book. I'm saying the yeah. movie though isn't. That's why it's more of an adult relationship because it's not geared toward. I feel it's very. It's not like a, what's it called, uh, the Twilight. It's not like that. Well, I think it is like that. I think oh, I it's Lionsgate also did t- Twilight, and I think these films are. You know, I don't think it's like that, though. I'm saying that one's all doughy-eyed and romance and shit, and this is more an adult version of that, which so. I admire because it, it's easy to play to the, you know, let's write some more lovey-dovey stuff because people love it. Like, oh, you know, Katniss, let, let's have a, a kissing Peter, you know, that kind of thing. They don't do that in here so much. There's a love scene in this one. But it's really brief, and it's not like... No, well, there's lots of hand... Like, there's lots of moments. Yeah, just but it's not... It's not... The story of what's going on is more important, yeah. it seems, to that. I admire that about this one. I also like her quite a lot, and I... If you go back and listen to the Divergent one, 
she was my problem with the first one. I didn't like her a lot, so I couldn't, you know, like, root for her. But in this one, I feel like she improved tons. Like, there's an actual... Yeah. She's been in a lot of movies in between as well. But there's an actual, like, oh, wow, the level of quality of her is a lot better. Did you like her? Mm-hmm. I think she's fine. I mean, she... She's very toned back. We're talking about Charlene Wood. Are we on to Wood- the cast now? No. Oh. Well, then we'll talk about her when we talk about the cast. <laughs> I just wanted to pass it to you while I drank some water. But, uh, anything you like or dislike about... The movie? Yeah, talking about the movie. Always. There's always things I like and dislike, but I mean... Overall, I find it very entertaining. And I really like the... I don't like the shortcut... And the shortcut of, we have this main character and this other main character who's the bad lady. And our main character who's like the rebel, you know, going to rise up and save everybody probably. And then the way the story's written turns out to be this like only one who could do whatever. But the bad guy didn't know that. Now that to me is kind of, that was a huge letdown. Like, ugh, that's such a loop in the, or a crack in the whole thing. But other than that... I actually like, I like it, this one, more than the whole of the Hunger Games, because I got a real sense of the world these people are living in. Like, the the scope of their world is this city. No delusions, we're not going out to different continents. Yeah, I don't mean we explain why are they in the city. I did. They're walled in a city because the world's fallen apart. So they're walled in. But why not leave the city? Because the world's fallen apart. The world has fallen apart. And in the city is like the... Last of humanity. It's like Wayward Pines. <laughs> Wayward Pines. <laughs> I forgot for a second what that was. Um, anything I don't like about it, it's just little things, bits and pieces. I don't particularly like Whiplash Guy all the time because I think he's he, his acting is... It's an obvious giveaway to his intent every single time. Yeah, it's quite clear what's And where he's on. trying to be, you know... Sneaky. Sneaky, but... Every little thing about I like him. Yeah, right? I do too. Now, and if he were a main character and could kind of like develop out of that weird sarcastic bullshit that he does, that was kind of one of my low bits. You know, I like what he stands for and what he's up to, but... One of the things about this movie, when I was just reading, and it got fairly low marks in a lot of places, even though it did well theatrically, is people who love the book disliked how changed it is because it's really changed. It's not just a little bit changed. It's a lot, Which is interesting because what I read was um, everybody, all the fans of the book saying, I can't watch the movie because it's so changed, it's so changed. And, you know, the author had nothing to do with all the changes. But then we watched the extras <laughs> and the author had a lot to do with all the changes. No, she didn't have anything to do with the changes. She just commented that she understood how they were, why they were changing. Do you, think, do you feel like she was involved in those changes, though. Because she seemed to like them. I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit how much it's like the book or not like the book because I'm watching the movie and that's all I care about. And if somebody doesn't like it because it's not like the precious book they read, then don't watch it again. Don't watch the rest. Just leave it. Or go into the theater or sit down and watch it and think, this is a story and it's told in books over here and now I'm going to watch it be told on a movie and just fucking get over it. Already, I, I don't know care. if you're not a book reader like you. I'm not then, a book reader. Then obviously, you're not. So when I watch, but what I'm saying to you is, it shouldn't matter. Yeah, it, but it, 
If you are, I know, but I'm saying if you, to everyone. If you read the Harry Potter books and then go and see the Harry yeah, Potter I'm, movies, and mar- it's nothing like the books. It doesn't then, matter. Then the books. I mean, the as books. a book reader, you're just like, well, I, I wanted reader, to see these characters from the books. I don't care. Still don't care. It's two different mediums. Completely. I mean, you different. don't. Is what I'm saying. It's easy for you to say as not a book reader. It doesn't matter if I read a book. I've read some books that have been movies, and I don't care. I've seen, I've read Interview with the Vampire, and I've seen the movie. I'm just saying I can see people's opinions. I know, I'm a person too, and I have read some books in my life, and then I have seen the movies, and they're two different things. No, I don't care, because I'm not I'm never going to defend this whole bullshit attitude that, oh, my precious, there's one page in the book where she does this thing and sees this tree. I don't think this movie... And in the movie... I don't think this movie is one page in the book. I think it's a lot changed. I understand. I'm using that as an example. And you, as a book reader, have absolutely no control or right... To tell a filmmaker how to make their movie. And if you don't like the concept, or you don't like what they might change about it, it's not all one medium all mushed together. It's two separate things. If someone said, you know what, I'm going to do something different. I'm going to write a book, right? And that's the first chapter of my story. The second chapter of my story is going to be a movie. And my third chapter of my story is going to be a video game. Then you have to just go along with that, right? Then you have each of those separate mediums to tell a part of that story. If somebody writes three books and then you make a video game and movies out of it, those are also three completely separate things. It almost I'm makes so sick of that this, argument. This argument almost makes me wish I never read Ready Player One, knowing how good <laughs> it was yeah, but and how much argu- I enjoy movies. But this argument should teach you to get over it. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. It's not cut and clear like that. It is cut and clear like that. You have a brain and you're an intelligent human being. And that not. if you need someone to indulge your interpretation of a book to the point of making it just like how you read it, then stop indulging in inner entertainment. Just let the people who create it, create it. If you have some criticisms, that's fair. But the comparison part, it's if you listen to enough of these podcasts and you bring it up all the time because you're of that camp and I'm of the other, it gets really boring. It's like... <laughs> now... Who knows? Someday I might read a book. And then I'll watch the movie. But you know what's going to happen? I'm going to see them as two separate things. And if my favorite character character gets cut out of the story, hmm, what could I do? I might possibly be able to go back and read the book again. And just get over myself. There's my speech for the day. So, <laughs> hey, do you notice I'm not coughing? Anytime I get hyped up, no coughing. So yeah, I, I I did enjoy this movie. I I don't. I said to you, I don't. I'm not 100 percent clear why I like this kind of movie. But then I was like, eh, it's just probably because I like the Hunger Games. I like this, you know. Then they're, they're obviously not. They're not made specifically for me. But there's something I really find enjoyable about them, you know. Even though you know sometimes I look, uh, they're a bit sappy. They're a bit. What they're movie not, is made for you? You know, they're not quite as um, dark as I would... What movie would you say is made for you? A 46-year-old man... Gone Girl. Okay. Seven. <laughs> um, is Seven? Seven, I think, is... Yeah, yeah there's just thing. There's a, like, like I say, there's a little bit of dark... Because these are made for a specific audience. The Hunger Games, for gone instance. Gone Girl or Gone Baby Gone? All both of those. Both of those, but the like, town. but like, um. But how about ba- how about uh, Batman: The Dark Knight? Yeah. But some would interpret that as well. No, that's for a younger, younger. No, but because the way <coughs> Nolan executed that, it isn't. It, it well, it can be, but it also appeals to an older audience too. I think because it's more. 
it's just made in a certain it feels you know like it like that's what I'm saying about the Hunger Games and this they lack a certain darkness like the Hunger Games it's very it could be a different thing right yeah a whole street where people have been bombed to death is pretty severe and yet all we get is her falling yeah. to her knees and crying which I, so I thought it's made was genuine a, you didn't like that part but it's made in a specific... But in this one... This is as far as we can go with this. I don't know, this. in this one you get... It's a lot of... I mean, there's a very shocking scene in this one, don't get me wrong, but it, then it... I think what this one delves into the most, this specific one, is about this concept that I also don't... In life, I don't necessarily adhere to, but then again, I'm 47, so maybe 20 years ago or 25 years ago, I would have probably been more into it. This idea that the mistakes you make cause other people problems or grief or sadness or bad things to happen and now you cannot let go of it like you just want to kick yourself forever about it now that is a very youthful thing that a lot of people who age still hang on to but i've gotten over that part of my life so that to me is more narrowed down to a sort of a youthful confused person you know so that i can see is because that's her journey Really, yep. this particular movie is coping with her role, and from the time she's, you know, we meet her again now until the, uh, through the end of the movie, she has to cope with everything that she does is causing bigger things to happen. I still find it. I still find this very funny about this movie. At the beginning of the movie, she gets some scissors <laughs> and cuts her hair off because she has long hair in the first movie. And then she puts like a little thing over her head. And then she reveals the haircut to the boyfriend. And it's like a designer haircut out of the mm-hmm. salon. Oh, yeah. There's nobody with some scissors in a hut. No, you've seen my hair. Yeah. Okay, I cut my own hair. <laughs> the back of my hair is I mean, way shorter. It's literally a than salon cut. The front cut. is really long. And if you. If <laughs> it's been frosted. If you were to look at my hair. And compare it to the way she would have had to have cut it. And she was looking in the reflection of a yeah, window yeah, she as was back. A, yeah, that's a. Why didn't they just let her have a crappy haircut? Let her cut her hair yeah. right in front of us. Yeah, like let let's have a um, and then keep it that way. Like just cut the ponytail off, and it, it's kind of rough looking. And you do you do your best to make. But we it know why. Good. Actually, in real <clears throat> life, we know why. Yeah, um, she didn't want she to did wear a wig. Shave her head in another movie. Yeah, yeah. So that's a little of course. And she she said in the interview I was reading that she thinks wigs look hokey in it movies. It did look hokey at the beginning of the movie. It looked hokey. So she didn't want to wear it. I'm all with her on that one. I like the short hair. She could have just shaved her head. It's that. just a funny scene when she goes and oh you've done something different. Yeah, I've had like a three hundred dollar salon cut. And there's lots of product on yeah. my hair now because it's um, spiky. I've got frosted dough. tips. The whole thing is. <laughs> it was kind You're of. You're nitpicking. It was still funny, and then I got used to her hair, but I was like, I kept thinking. That haircut was pretty good for a cut with Very some scissors good. in a hut. Maybe someone touched her up and we don't know about it. So uh, let's move on to the cast. Here's one of my complaints. Okay, the thing, you know, the... That doesn't mean nothing to our listeners. I'm not, the, I'm telling the, you, this thing that is yes. stuck in people. Yes. And then the three people, da 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 da, da boom, that part. If you've seen the movie, you probably know what she's talking about. <laughs> I actually don't. What the, yeah, the, oh, yeah, that yeah. Bit, yeah, yeah. Okay, if they can do that to those three people. Yeah, then just bring a... <laughs> <laughs> Remote controller back, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I did think that also. Think of this little gap. Those are the things that I try to just bubble myself yeah. out. Like, I'd oh, say there are things. Go to the edge of the bubble of belief here because that yeah. seems like just have the whole horde of them come to the city. And then, and then do your little scanning thing. <laughs> <coughs> One thing that really bugged me. That would have made a lot shorter movie. That scanning thing that they've got that they put 
It's pretty Twelve. good. Yeah, but but what was irritating me about it was the actual device that they were using. It's a monitor calibrator, <laughs> and they were just using a monitor calibrator with some CGI attached to it. Okay. And I see that monitor calibrator a lot because I... Yeah, but we don't know what that is. Just you. I'm saying I... But to me, I was like, oh, look, they're holding that. And it's a particular one. I know which one it is. And they're they're using that as a prop. Way too geeky. Geeky. So uh, every time they picked it up, I'm like, oh, monitor calibrator. (laughs) Well, they're calibrating your face to see if you're divergent. So um, So in life, think about this. Between us. If we were to be divided, if society were to be divided... What do you think you'd be? Uh, Science-related, probably. Which one was that? I don't know what the name of it is. I don't either. Science and logical? About logic, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Because I'm not spiritual. What am I? There's no spiritual one. The hippy-dippy people are just kind. I'm not that. No. I'm kind of kind. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe I'm divergent. I don't think you're divergent. Maybe I've got a few of them, though. Maybe no, not no, just no. one. Well, we all have a few of them, but what they do is test to see what's the, part the of percentage the they use, don't they? Yeah. If you're a hundred percent divergent, which what am I? I don't know. I haven't got that little monitor calibrated <laughs> <laughs> and pointed at your face. It'll probably tell me that you need your I RGB. That, uh, I think that other changes. than the fact that I'm very round and I'm middle aged, <clears throat> I would probably be the the ones fighting. Fighting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd be I, the I would ones not be that. to go kick everybody's Personally. ass. If needed. And they're the athletic ones, though, aren't they? That's what I'm saying. If I wasn't around in the middle age, I'd be like, my personality. They're like free runners. Tends to push me to be, like, sort of yeah. more aggressive and confrontational. Or maybe, uh, maybe candor. I have a very. If it comes to my brain lots of times, it just falls out of my mouth. I really like the candor guy. Are we getting to the? I do. I liked it where I liked it when you they put were, him on the cast. I liked it when they were like, no. I liked oh, it when they were so like, um, if you're going to hold a trial, where would you? You know, obviously you would hold it in the place where yes. everybody tells the truth. <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on to the cast, I wanted to start with uh, the leading lady, Shailene Woodley, who plays Tris or Beatrice, um, and we mentioned her earlier. I actually have grown to like her. And in the first movie, my weakness was that. That I think they need a better leading lady. But she has got better. I don't know how she... Yeah, I don't know how she got so much better. But it's like a... Somebody mentioned, it's either Naomi Watts or Kate Winslet who said that they noticed and know that she's gone through changes yeah. since. There's something... Like, it's it's a... If you went back and watched them back to back, I think you would go, ooh... Wow, she's... Well, if you think about it, we can put that in her character. She was just a young girl, 16. And she's, she's a bit older as an world. actress, the whole thing. But I mean, as a character, yeah. she didn't know how to be anything. Mm-mm. So, uh, so um, Kate Winslet is back playing Janine. I wonder if we a little more... A little more... More. I understand the concept. She's an extremely logical... Yeah, she's trying to be extremely logical and very... Put together and... Stern. And unfeeling and all that kind of stuff. But I need more body language or something. And I felt like, and I'm saying this as a woman to another woman, your dress is too tight. (laughs) Like, that can totally, I mean, I understand she wants to look like this woman who's really severe and very functional and everything's functional. But that's not functional. That super tight dress 
is not the dress of an extremely logical woman. <laughs> and that really bugged me, <laughs> which I'm sure she had nothing to do with. But I feel like she that dress symbolized to me her like lack of... <clears throat> like from the neck up, we got a lot of stuff. Everything else was like she just stood there. The whole time. And I needed to, except when she got knocked down or whatever, but... I really like Kate Winslet, and, um... I feel I, like... I just like watching her. Julianne Moore has that thing about her in any movie where she's got... She's very... To me, she's pretty serious, right? She's very straight-laced in almost every movie. But there's something about her whole... You know? There's, like, a looseness. And Kate Winslet often has this sort of, like... Like she's got a stick in her ass. Uh, yeah. And she's very serious all, all over. And she's uptight about, you know, I know she's uptight, but I just wanted her to, I like her. And I feel like I'm convinced that she is this woman. Like I'm convinced that she is the woman who has at this point risen to power. Well, risen herself to power, basically. And nearing the end is when you get the most reactions, which I guess that could have been by design, but I wanted a little bit more from Ms. Winslet. Uh, Jai Courtney plays Eric. Uh, we just saw him recently in, um, I was going to say Mel Gibson, but not Mel Gibson. In the, who was it Mel Gibson? Mel Gibson? In the one about the Anzacs. Anzacs. Yep. We watched uh. it a few weeks ago. The Anzacs. <laughs> the Australian, you know? Right. I can't remember the name of the the movie. It was Mel Gibson, right? Well, I can see what it was. Yeah, it was, not it? Jai Courtney was in it. It was one of the main guys. So what I'm saying is we saw him recently in it. What was that movie called? That's my question. I'm looking. You just watched it about three weeks ago. I know, but you know I don't remember shit. I really don't remember Do you stuff. remember who was in it? No, I don't even remember. The lady what? from Casino Royale? I, I mean, from Quantum of Solace? About. <laughs> the Anzac War? That's that very... About oh. The oh, it's coming back to me now. Water, Water Diviner. diviner. Yes. <laughs> Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, not Mel Gibson. I don't know why I was thinking Mel Gibson. <laughs> but um, we watched a lot of Mad Max I'm recently. I'm my mind is going. It's just the way it is. But, it's a uh, good thing we have these podcasts so I can go back and remember movies I've seen. But Jai Courtney was in that. I really liked him. He was it. good. Um, and in this one, you know, he plays a tough... He's in the first one as well. He plays a tough Serviceable. guy. Serviceable. Yeah. It's not really a big... When he runs, he runs like the Terminator. You know, well, like... Like, got something about him, doesn't Like, he? I am going to always run until I catch you. But he's installed. He's got something in him. Makes him a little more superhuman, isn't he? And the new Terminator movie, Terminator Genesis, is actually this main guy in that as well. So, he has some Terminator in him. Um, Mecky Pfeiffer plays Mike. Are you saying Tom Cruise is a Terminator? <laughs> Tom Cruise. Did you say Tom Cruise? You know no. how he runs? Yeah, he also does that. <laughs> yeah. Mecky Pfeiffer plays Max. I really like him. He's not really a big part in this movie. Um, I think it, I, I, it's got some kind of presence to him, or what I really like. And but, you know, he's who is he? Mecky Pfeiffer. I mean, which character? He's another one of the bad guys. Jai Courtney's with. Jai oh Courtney yeah, 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 yeah. I he's like got him a very too. authoritative voice about very. him. Very. But uh, yeah, he's not a big part in this movie. Uh, Theo James plays four again. I we saw him in something also recently, where we were like, oh, it's that guy from Divergent. <laughs> but um. He's British, and as we said in the first movie, you can't ever tell he's British in these movies. He does a good job of hiding that British thing. Why, why he has to hide it, I don't know. Like, British people can't be in this city? Well, yeah. Like, you know? It's, well, it's Chicago, right? And Still. So, 
There's going to have been a British yeah. person in there 200 years ago. Yeah. Um, well, you'd have to make his parents British, and they're both in this movie. I mean, his parents are characters in um, the movie. Yeah, and even uh, Kate Winslet has to hide the fact that she's British. True. So, yeah, in Hollywood, you really they pretty much don't want you to be British unless, what, you're the funny guy, like Russell Crow, uh, Russell Brand? Or... But um, Theo James plays four, and I quite like him too. And in the first one, I liked him also, though. I just didn't think, because Charlene Woodley wasn't the greatest in that one, I felt like the scenes between them were a little bit off. But in this one, I really liked him. What was it that we saw where he I was I don't see it? anything. Um, there's the benefactor. We didn't see that. We saw him in something. The Virgin. Like, we saw that. Domino effect. I don't remember the domino effect. Maybe we didn't see him in something. No. Though. Underworld uh, Awakening. <clears throat> no. Didn't see it. Uh, and as you said, <coughs> Miles Teller plays um, Peter in this movie. And, uh, you know, he was fantastic in Whiplash. I, I really, really enjoyed Whiplash. Thought it was awesome. And yes, it is powerhouse performance from him in that one. But in this one, it's very... It's I almost... mean, I think he's playing on the idea that you've got this smart-ass, super-intelligent guy. Yeah. And so he thinks he's got everybody figured out. And so every move he makes, he's a little bit above and ahead of everybody. The problem with that is he makes that obvious. He does it kind of theatrically. So as yeah. you're watching it, you're aware that he's like, ah, he thinks he's got the drop on everybody. When he's actually talking to a person who probably would figure that out as There's well. There's no surprises <laughs> for me. Like, there are a couple of twists and turns with his character. But none of them I went, oh. No. Like, it was just like, oh, yeah, obvious. Like, this movie, the whoever, okay, the way you wrote it, and then the people who wrote the stories of the movies, they do love that. Oh, that's not who they. But it doesn't really. <laughs> we were watching Agents of Shield last night, and yeah. that that actually does a lot of that too. But often I'm like, holy shit, really? In this, it was always like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, of course. Um, you only don't do it in Agents of Shield because you love it so much. Yeah, I really love it. <laughs> so you have that bubble of belief is a bit bigger. <laughs> So uh, I watched it for like half an hour, and I'm like, they've done this twice in half an hour. <laughs> Why is this? Are you not seeing? This? I mean, it's good quality, but. Uh, and then finally, I put down Zoe Kravitz, who we've been seeing more and more recently uh, as Christina. And, you know, she doesn't get a ton to do again. No, but she's good because yeah. I like that she blends, and but she does her thing. She's unglamorous. She's not, I like this about this movie, too. I told you. One of our bathroom breaks. Not They're not over stylizing no. everybody. Yes, it's, it's Hollywood style dystopia. Later, what you find out might help add to that. But, I mean, it's stylized. But our main lady is not overly... She doesn't have this... I mean, it's a designed outfit, obviously. But it doesn't glam her up. It's just... At one point, we're looking at her from behind. I'm like, is that a dude? Because she's just wearing the plainest clothes, which I really liked. Don't forget this guy, Daniel Day Kim, because he was really good. Yeah, and you might have seen him in Lost. Um and, I, and Hawaii Five O on TV. We actually watched about five minutes of Hawaii Five O once, me and you. For some reason, we turned the TV on and it was on. And they were on the beach and a helicopter landed and he was talking to somebody. And we were like, oh, what is this? Is this lost? <laughs> and it was Hawaii Five O. Yeah. But <laughs> it was really good because he fit exactly. He was in the honesty people. and Yeah, he's really... He's very put together. Yeah. Um... And then, uh, yeah, that's it. For, but it's direct, this was directed not by the guy who directed the first one, but this is directed by Robert Schwenke. Schwenke? And the only movie we've seen that he directed was Flight Plan with Jodie Foster, which I actually really enjoyed. It was like an interesting thriller. 
nice concept. Kind of high concept a little bit. I don't remember you liking it at the time. Yeah, I, I have fond memories of... I like the set, like how that plane was. Like Yeah, it was, but it was hokey, you said. It was like extreme. It was very flashy. Mm-hmm. But it was well, well put together. Uh, and he's also directed uh, The Time Traveler's Wife, which I didn't see. Red, which I didn't see, and R-I-P, R-P-I-D, R-I-P-D. So can, he's, you not, can you not read now? He directs um, action movie. You know, these are all kind of action-y type, apart from the time traveler's wife, I'm assuming. Um, I don't know about the direction in this. It's just, you know, it feels like it was made by the Hunger Games people, and it feels like it was made by the guy who made the first one. Well, it gave him, he gave moments time to kind of happen. Excuse me. You know, there are moments where, like, she's waking up and thinking, and it lasts more than just a half a second, and... I like that. Not not every director will give a pause now and then to basically nothing except yeah. for a character's sort of... You have to just realize that that person is thinking through something. And you don't get that in a lot of action kind of movies. So I, I like that. I kept thinking of that movie. That could have been the editor too, though. I don't know. The Host, which was also a young adult trilogy that never took off because the first mm. one wasn't very good. I kept thinking of that movie as well. And that movie... Seems like it was made by these people too. But that was a failure, that one. But I kept thinking of that movie during this movie. So Not the host have... from Korea. No, the that other one. That one was really good. No. The host from Korea is about a month, is a monster movie. It's really good. But um, yeah, direction is, you know, I didn't notice it. So is that, that might be good? I don't know. It's a tough one, direction. So extras. There are four hours of extras on here. Interesting. If you're really a big fan of this movie, it's worth yep. uh, checking out the Blu-ray because you can watch the movie in its entire length again, but in, it puts the movie in a small box in the corner and you get the the documentary stuff full screen, so you're not watching it in a little box. That's really cool, and it's really in depth. I think mm-hmm. like it's about it as everybody, the author, the filmmakers shows you how all the stunts were done, and it goes through the entire movie. There's also a commentary that you can watch, so you can watch the movie again with a commentary. And then there's some other bits and pieces. But there's a lot of stuff on here. Like, and you can tell, even the Hunger Games, they know their fans want more stuff. They want interviews with them, they want the whole thing, how it was made. And they put a lot of effort into putting that on the disc, which I'm, you know, some movies, you're like, oh, I really want to see how this was made. And then there's nothing. But with these movies, there's a lot. Also with this Blu-ray, you get the 3D version, the 2D version, the DVD, and the digital copy, so you get the whole thing. So it is a pretty good uh, set if you're really a fan of this movie. So uh, in conclusion, on Insurgent, I enjoyed it. I, I would recommend it. If you saw the first one, or if you didn't see the first one, watch them both, Double Bill. Yeah. You know, they'll be good back-to-back. I actually think you could watch this one. You're not going to get the full explanation and her entering... The no. where she's at, but I do think it can stand alone because as you meet them and then you're introduced to what her emotional problems are, yeah, you get to understand the nature of the world we're living in completely because we we mentioned the founders and then the city and the outside world and you know Kate Winslet's bad and you know the factions. I think that it can, actually is contained. I'm not saying it's better without having because I always like an origin story. I mean, it's kind of one of the, I don't know, one of my things I really enjoy. Um, but I would say, I don't know, wait till the next ones. Watch them all together. There's two more. 
So in the next two years, there'll be another two. So yeah, I enjoyed I, it. I reckon. Yeah, I was in is. the mood for action and sci-fi-ish kind of stuff. So it, was it good. is an enjoyable movie. So um, here's a little feature we're going to do here. We got a new contest coming up on the site. Um, really? Yeah. We're going to do this live on the, on the air. And Sid Talk is going to do it. Sid Talk is going to tell you what's in the box. <laughs> so we've got a contest coming up. Um, and we're going to be giving away two different Blu-rays. I don't even know what they are. They've just been Why sent to me. Why are you doing me. it this way? Just I mean, for, I'm not. Just for fun. They sent, oh, okay. they sent me these in, in... That's very sharp. Watch yourself. Oh, thanks, Dad. Um, they sent me two boxes full of Blu-rays to give father. away. I have a father. Thank you. So, You're supposed to just give me that knife and be like, let's see if she can hurt herself. So visually, <laughs> Sid Talk is opening boxes with Blu-rays in. Is this like box opening bullshit that they do on YouTube yeah, all but, the time? Yes, but it's like that, but you can't see it. So it's different. Proof? Oh, yeah. This is... Um, okay. Don't do that to people. Oh, my God. If you think coughing is bad, you just killed them all. You're gonna that have to cut that, that was out. bubble wrap, but by the way. You're going to have to cut that out. Okay, Northern Limit Line. Okay, we're going to give away a copy of, uh, three copies, or four copies, they've sent us four, of uh, North... North it says, North Korea's surprise attack on Battleship 357, Northern Limit Line, based on true events. There you go. And on the back it says, June 29th, 2002, as the citizens of South Korea celebrate the FIFA World Cup, the North Korean Navy sends two patrol boats to a disputed border on the Yellow Sea. The surprise attack on Battleship 357, now remembered as the Battle of Yopinyon, honors the men who barely, or bravely, barely, who ba- bravely fought for freedom on the Northern Limit Line. All right, so... It does sound interesting. So you can win... Um, a copy of Northern Limit Line uh, from next week. Just go to aschoolie.com and you will be able to just enter. It's interesting how we now like to replay real life events, but not very far ago. No, this is a, uh, something I'm not familiar with, which does sound interesting. Yeah. And the second Blu-ray, Sidtok's going to open another Do it one. Again. Do you think this is really riveting radio, as they say? <laughs> so, yeah, th- this will be from WellGo USA, by the way. Um, they put out... WellGo USA are an interesting company. They put out a lot of Korean... And uh, Japanese and uh, also American movies. But uh, they do tend to put out a lot of... Do they pay off a mortgage or something? Why are we giving them this big billing? Because we're giving these away. Ta-da. We don't ever talk about them like this. This is called The Timber. It's got two guys on the front. They look like cowboys. One's got a gun in his hand. And the back says... Uh, the quote at the top says, An intelligent Western drama, great moments, and the arousing score. Ooh. <laughs> arousing. And the uh, thing it says, In <clears throat> the Outbacks, Wild West, that would be Australia Ooh. to people. Not seen in Australia. Two Western. desperate brothers take a job as bounty hunters to save their home, but in the timber, brutally and brutality and bloodshed. I don't read very well. Have you noticed? I have noticed. Brutality- <laughs> this is why I don't read books. <laughs> I don't have the patience. I just want to get to the end of the sentence. Brutality and bloodshed is the law of the land. That sounds good too. So an Australian western. Yeah, but it doesn't say... Oh, it's the Outback's Wild West, so it is a period piece. Right. Unless it was very recent that the Outback was Wild West. Sounds interesting. Right, so you can win a cut. Co- how many copies of that have we got? We have three. three, but we have to watch it too. All right, so yeah, we will give away uh, those. Just go to aceplay.com this week and you can win Northern Limit Line and the Timber. So that's... Ta-da! 
Next week's Blu-ray review is Cop Car, starring Kevin Bacon. We're going to have a look at that next week. And movie recommendations, I am going with The Hunger Games and Star Wars. And Star Wars, for the reason I said to you earlier, a movie that really influenced me as a teenager. I don't know if Star Wars was made for teenagers. It was made for everybody. You weren't a teenager. It was 1976. A a boy. A young boy. (laughs) I love your timeline in your head of your life is way different than reality. It's wrong, yeah. Um, (laughs) But, like, that was a thing I was thinking about, whether these films would inspire a bunch of kids, you know, kids of today to be into movies or be into stories or just be into, you know. Oh, they're good. Yeah. Mine is similar to yours, but different. Right. <laughs> Planet of the Apes. Everything. Yeah. Including all the three major set movies. They're all very different. And then all the movies that are sub- old sequels, new sequels, because, again, same mentality, but a different take. Is that a dystopian future or an alternate reality for humanity in some way like a different take on how things could be if one thing changes one simple thing goes this direction not wrong necessarily what would the future really look like so i just love planet of the apes stuff it's like zombie stuff and planet of the apes stuff i'm i'm all over it (laughs) um since i just use my swiss army knife to open the packages is this another commercial (laughs) no I've had this Swiss Army knife 16 years, and it has a built-in flashlight, and I've never missed... Well, flashlight's a big word. It's got a tiny little LED on the end. It's a tiny little knife. It's only about two and a half inches long. Yeah, it's the, it's the miniature Swiss Army knife. I bought it 16 years ago. It's perfect. Can You know, I use it all the time for opening things, and it's got tweezers and stuff. But I got it, you a bigger one once. Which I still use. That's also in there. But this, one's, this one is really handy. Um, but it has a flashlight built in that still, still works, <laughs> and it there's no way to replace the battery because you can't. I don't know how that is possible. Magic, yeah, it's like really. the internet. It, it's like this podcast because a, a battery can't last that long. Obviously, it has. Um, it doesn't have a solar panel on it or anything. I'm thinking it Stop might. Stop using have, it. No, I'm thinking it might have. Um, I don't know. I've not confirmed this, but like you know, you know, watches that nah, get kinetic energy. It doesn't. By moving them, and then it 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 because it's only an LED. There's there's no way a battery can last sixteen years. It has though. I don't think it's a battery, so I'm going to have to investigate it because it always boggles. Yeah, but you leave it lay in the drawer for so long in between. Yeah, but batteries just by design, any battery. What I mean is, you leave it lay so long that the next time you pick it up, you haven't moved it enough to charge it up or give it any power. I have used this. Why are we talking about this? I have used this. Um, <laughs> I've held it on for minutes at a time, using it to look into my case and stuff, mm-hmm. and it never fails. It's red. It's a very weird light to use. It's supposed to be an emergency light if you're out, you know, you can <laughs> warn people that you're around. <laughs> that? It's like yeah, the size of a laser pointer. You can go like... Okay. I have to you know, test that. And somebody would see you. So, um, yeah, Swiss Army Knife's awesome. So, Games and A Scully stuff. I've been playing Destiny this week. Talked about it last week. Still enjoying it. Talked about the week before, and I think maybe the week before. Well, it came out last week, I guess. So, I'm still enjoying it. There's lots to do. I still haven't done the raid. I need to get to level 300, I guess. I'm 294. Very close. Then I'll try the raid with some people. Um, I've only, also been... only other people who are into that know exactly what you're talking about. I'll also be playing... I've also been playing some more Mad Max. If you uh, want to go on a real raid, there is a street party going up. 
on up our street right this very moment. You want to just go do a raid on them? <laughs> Spike up on her people. Yeah. <laughs> Standing in the street. <laughs> I can actually hear the music. <coughs> yeah, so can I. Boom, you can do a raid up there. Take your weapons. Oh, wait. It's all fake. It's all digital video game. I forgot. Mad Max I've been playing some more of, which is one of those games where you can just play it for a little bit. It's like a big open world thing. I think it would take me months to finish it, like The Witcher, which I'm still actually going through. Uh, and that's it for games. And my other thing on my list was gross cold. I'm sick of this cold. I want to go back and ride my bike. I rode the bike yesterday on my own. I'm not ready yet. I, will I think be you could have handled time. it. No, I'm too... I'm telling you, though, get on that bike, and I start riding, and I'm, I don't cough, I don't... The only thing that's happening was my nose was running, and then as soon as I stopped and got in the car, the coughing yeah. started. Um, but next week, we will be back on the bikes, and... Uh, I have been back on my bike. Don't make it sound like I'm lazy I will like be back you. on the bike next week. I've been on the treadmill, but that was just a nightmare. It is. It's, uh, it's just too much. Like, it's, you know, whatever this was, it just wipes your energy out, and uh, you just feel like shit. <laughs> So, uh, what's for dinner, Sid Talk? Tonight will be a sandwich of tofurkey, hickory-smoked deli, veggie. Meats. Not meats. for vegetarian. So it's that. And uh, potatoes and carrots. Ooh. Yes. And something else. But maybe that's all. That might be enough. Mm. And I got some chocolate. The, not, it's called Merlot or something like that. The grape wine flavored one. Really good, good. Do people care? I don't know, but that's what we're having for dinner. And my advice is, <clears throat> like I said earlier, I have things come into my head and they come out of my mouth inappropriately, according to some people. Sometimes I don't always have a stop sign in there. I don't always have a regulator. I do when it's appropriate, like deep, dark things where you're talking about someone who's just lost a loved one or someone's child having a problem. These are things that I don't, I don't just blurt out whatever I think, unless it's someone that I'm extremely close to and they understand where I'm coming from. So I understand there are certain situations. Other than that, I have a hard time because even when I'm around like the director of our whole department or he could bring the governor in and I'd just be like, hey, what's up? <laughs> um, blah, 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 oh shit, da, 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 sorry, blah, blah, blah. I mean, I have no, I have a very hard time. So I don't pretend uh, to be a thing, generally speaking. Um, you know, when you go to funeral or you go somewhere that's, that kind of requires a certain amount of control, well, I don't think that's pretending necessarily as it is you're just behaving in a respectful manner i mean pretending as in putting on a different voice and putting on a certain smile and raising up your shoulders in a certain way that change who you are in order to pretend to reflect something that the other person expects of you hmm. i don't do this i'm not required to do this i've never been good at it i probably could be good at it if i needed to because i'm kind of a good liar <laughs> i just don't much so my advice is, chances are somebody listening to this does a lot of pretending. This isn't for anyone in specific. It's for a lot of people. But the thing is, don't pretend so much every day, all day in front of people that when you're alone, you kind of keep it up and you're not even aware of it until a certain point when all of a sudden you realize you, you disappeared somewhere along the way. You know, you aren't there anymore. 
you're still got your shoulders up and you're still acting a certain way and there's no one around to impress. You've still got your perfect posture and you're like, you're trying to make a certain kind of meal that you think someone else might think is cool and yet no one's there to see you make it. That's pretending beyond like the thing. And I think that some people do that and then they get resentful that they don't get a chance to just do their own thing and be who they are. And that's part of the problem that you don't let it go. Once you're, first of all, don't do as much pretending if you can, even, even in the face of someone who expects it, try to nip it in the bud. But when you have a chance, even if it's just going, you've just had a meeting and you've put on the big pretend and you turn around to go to the restroom, let it go. Let it go for the whole time that you're walking down the hall and you go into the toilet and you're not that pretend <clears throat> anymore. And then before you go back in, you can suck it up and put it back on. Don't wear it all the time. Because it's heavy, you know, it's heavy to be somebody you're not, I think. So in the famous words of Indiza Mindizel, let it go. <laughs> that... <laughs> let it go. Let it go. So I don't know the words because I haven't watched it a hundred times. Let it go. The cold never bothered me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> a cold never bothered me anyway. That's what she said last week in Frozen Fever. That's what she said. <laughs> so, remind you about our website, sayscully.com, sidso.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on stitcher.com. Search for After the Show, the iTunes Music Store, the Xbox music thing, and the RSS feed. Go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. You can listen to it straight from the page, or you can subscribe there. Email feedback to me at aschoolie.com. Don't email SidTalk. She really does not want your bullshit. You can go back to my website now, though. I did fail to pay for my space, and then it was on for like a week or two. I didn't even notice. So SidTalk.com. SidTalk.com. C-I-D-T-A-L-K. It's really all about me, so I don't know why you'd be interested, but in case you wonder to know about more about me, there it is. And stay classy, the Divergent series. <laughs> and I'm going to say thank you for yourself, because if you don't, somebody's doing it for you. <laughs>